Investors Dive, what's up? It's Nathan Payne. I'm here with Tommy, the president of Prime Corporate Services. And I wanted to come to you guys and do something awesome for you. I've done a ton of work and, and I've reached out personally to Prime Corporate Services and we created an awesome partnership. And I want to let you know what I've been able to work out for anyone in my network. So guys, there's going to be a link that you can take advantage of all these awesome things I'm going to list off for you that I've been able to get exclusively uh, with working with a par- uh, partnership with Prime Corporate Services. And, and guys, let me just kind of tell you why I was I did this is because I wanted to make sure you guys succeeded and I don't want you to go out and go get your own tax accountant or try to get your own business credit or do these things on your own. I wanted you to work with uh, a company that you know has that experience and the expertise of doing that. So all, these are all the things that I was able to get for you guys. So use the link, like I said, click on it, and you'll be able to set up a link or appointment to work with them to do these exclusive things. Go to InvestorThrive.com right now to check out some of our free training on how you can make money as a real estate investor or schedule a time with me so we can chat about our mastermind mentorship and how we can help you learn how to wholesale nationwide and grow your business. It's not the most exciting topic when you're a real estate investor, the the asset protection, the tax savings, but... At some point in every entrepreneur's life, taxes are going to matter, right? It's one of the largest expenses any entrepreneur ever has to deal with. So not the most exciting. If you can set it up the right way from the beginning, it's a lot easier to grow and a lot easier to scale long term. You know, what's interesting is like, uh, I think a lot of people get into real estate because they, they see the dollar signs, right? And they, right. but they don't, they don't think about this, you know, what prime corporate services excels at, right? Like right. they don't think about the tax structure, even getting business credit. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't really think about that. I don't really think about it. So I think it's awesome to have you guys in my corner yep. in my business. And I, that's why I'm bringing them to investors Drive nation. I want everyone to understand how important it is to have these guys that understand this. So I would say it is important for, you know, Investor Drive Nation and me to understand it, but I mean, I would also say like, hey, let's let the experts do what they do what they do, right? Like I, I think where is your time best spent, right? And for you to say, I, I love the honesty and the transparency from you of I don't really think about this stuff. I don't I don't really care about it. I want to make the dollar signs and I want to keep moving the needle forward, but that's where your time's best spent. And if you have a professional team that can take that worry off of your back and make sure you're protected, make sure you're maximizing from a tax standpoint and legitimately showing yourself as a business long-term, I think it's important to stay focused on what you truly want to do, which is the real estate side. New deals, right? Right. That's what a lot of people want to do. They want to do the deals, let let the tax guys do the tax stuff. So uh, let's kind of dive right into entities, you know, and and tell me about the the entities that exist and, you know, more, I guess I can start with the question is if you're brand new, like a lot of the people investors dive are, should they even start with a LLC or an entity or should they just start closing deals in their own names and not worry about getting an entity set up? Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's one of the most commonly asked questions that we get is when should I structure an entity, right? right? If you haven't done a deal yet, I think any entrepreneur oftentimes goes through a couple different phases of analysis paralysis where you're overthinking if you're going to mess something up or the fear of doing something wrong. I I truly believe everyone in the U.S. should be self-employed to some extent, whether it's a side hustle, side business, full-time self-employment. And I say that because the tax code is set up for it. So I'm a firm believer that if you're going to do something, do it right from the start. 
And uh, there's a lot of different entities, LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps. So we oftentimes lean towards start with an LLC, Mm -hmm. even if you haven't done your first deal, build up that credibility to where you can open up the bank account, you're protected, and then when you go and do your first deal, it's showing with the business as opposed to you as an individual. Yeah, so, so your, your advice, and, and you've probably seen some horror stories of people trying to do their deal, like do deals without entities. So it, not only is it good to get started, but it also protects you, correct? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Per, personal is personal. Business is business, right? When you have a W-2 job or you have a 9 to 5, you go to work 9 to 5, they take the taxes out, and they give you what's left. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're self-employed, you make all of that money, you reinvest it back into your business, and then you're liable from a tax standpoint to settle with the IRS, ultimately. So it's backwards, but if you're set up properly with the right entity structure, one, you're protected, two, you're showing the IRS that you're a legitimate business. I think that's important. Yeah, it is important. So you recommend starting with an LLC, is that that what you said? If you're first getting started, an LLC usually makes the most sense. And uh, once you're generating enough income to justify paying yourself a salary or a distribution, there's excellent benefit in either switching that LLC over to an S-Corp or setting up an S-Corporation in general. So is that usually how it goes then? You, you start with an LLC and as you make more money, you switch, like you said, to an S-Corp and you start paying yourself a salary? Is that, is that generally like the steps of like how entities work? Yeah, generally speaking. I mean, a lot of times we'll get asked as well, when should we switch to that S-Corporation? Usually once you're making fifty dollars to $100,000 or more, you can justify that salary or distribution And it allows you to avoid half of your self-employment tax, which is Medicare, Social Security. So that alone can save you 7 to 8% where you would have just been paying that in the form of taxes. So starting with an LLC, transitioning into an S corporation is oftentimes what we see makes the most most sense. Okay. So you, you heard it here first, guys. Start with an LLC. And, and I, I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't want to make that investment, right? Because it, it, this is going to cost a little bit of money to get your LLC set up. What would you say for the people that are like, I'll just do it later? Work, work at your pace. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you're not bought into something, it's not going anywhere anyway. So if you don't believe that you're going to do a deal, you probably won't. But if you treat something like a hobby, it's going to cost you money like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, you lay that proper foundation to reap the rewards of what businesses have to offer. So if I think so, yeah, I think so. I I think if you hand someone a business card that just has your first and last name on it, as opposed to owner of Investor Thrive, I think that's powerful. I do talk to a lot of people that are interested in getting into wholesaling and um, put that in the back burner. Um, but I am curious, is there like a, does, is there a cost across the board, like an average cost to start an LLC? Because I know you're, you probably run into a lot of people across the United States. Yeah, um, every state is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, so you got a couple options when you're setting up an LLC. You, you can go on to a state website and do mm-hmm. it yourself. And usually you're going to be anywhere from, 50 to $300, depending on the state. Okay. You could hire an attorney and have them draft all of your paperwork, operating agreement, articles of incorporation. The average is going to be between 
thousand and fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. But I think the beauty of this relationship, and I think the beauty of bringing this to your community, mm-hmm. is we currently are helping about two thousand new entrepreneurs a month. Wow. We've helped over one hundred thousand entrepreneurs structure their business. Mm-hmm. So we're able to make sure that things are still drafted, things are still legally prepared, make sure the state and the filing fees are already paid. Mm-hmm. I think three to six hundred dollars is a pretty good range across the nation. And and don't you guys do something special for LLCs and, and setting people up with uh, entities? Yeah, absolutely. So another thing, aside from the mindset piece mm-hmm. of structuring yourself as a business, you can show a loss three out of your first five years in business. Really? There's, wow. there's over 72,000 pages of a tax code. So a lot of those tax codes are meant for individuals that are self-employed for Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, for business owners. So if you're not treating yourself as a business, why should the IRS? Right. Right? Even if you don't generate income in that first year, writing off startup expenses, organizational expenses, yes, it's a mindset piece. Mm -hmm. Yes, it gives you protection, but it also allows a lot of additional deductions if you're tracking and if you're structured properly from the beginning as well. Cool. So for write-offs. Write-offs. Yeah, that's tax awesome. write-offs. Absolutely. And I, and I know nobody that's doing it themselves on that computer probably knows anything about that M- most of the time, right? They're just trying for to sure. save some money. Have you seen people that have tried to do it themselves and then them come to you and bring you their entities and you're like, man, whatever you did, you blew it or you messed it up. Does that happen? More more times than I would like to admit, oh, unfortunately. Gosh. It's 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 doable. Mm-hmm. We can fix things like that. If you're already structured and you're concerned about how you're structured, mm-hmm. everything's fixable. There's always a solution at some Got point, it. but it's time and it's money. Got it. So you do, people do run the risk if they do it themselves of setting up the wrong structure, the wrong entity, or not doing it, I guess, the most beneficial way like you guys could, could help out because you have that experience. Yes, absolutely. Also, one thing I think is in, important to add there is not all states are created equal mm-hmm. when it comes to corporate law. So we have a lot of real estate investors that come to us and they say, how can I make sure that I have privacy? I'm totally protected. Yeah. And uh, Delaware, Nevada, Wyoming, these are some states that you've probably heard of that have embraced a corporations act where we'll set up a Wyoming parent company or a Wyoming holding company that owns a subsidiary LLC. Mm-hmm. Right. I personally have this. I have a Wyoming holding company mm-hmm. that owns my other businesses. Right. I love it. The reason for that is if there's a lawsuit on one of my other businesses, I don't want them to see Tommy Thornburg as the owner. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to see the address of where my wife and my <laughs> daughter are sleeping. Right. That's hilarious, man. I, want, uh, I want that privacy. That's hilarious because uh, well, not, not that that would happen to you, but I, uh, that's how mine's set up. Most of my my business stuff goes to my personal address, and I'm like, dang, I don't like getting these letters to my house. Let's get you changed. (laughs) Let's get you changed. So not only is this great to educate you know everybody on the LLCs and the entities so far, but something I'm gonna have to do for sure because I do not like that. You know, especially as we grow, don't be sending me letters. You know, I I just don't like that. So that's a that's another benefit, right? Right. Is is setting up the holding company. And it's I, you 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 mentioned this earlier, but a lot of people say it's not if you get sued, but when you get sued. Yeah. And 
it's it's a very but litigious society. There's 70 new lawsuits filed every minute. That's wild. 70 new lawsuits filed every breach of contract, slip and fall, um, you name it. There's always going to be a lawsuit. We've heard the McDonald's coffee, and it's so it's worst case scenario. But if you can protect yourself from the beginning, everyone's situation's different, right? If you're brand new and you haven't done a deal yet, it's probably not the top priority to have multiple entities and Mm -hmm. make sure everything's broken up. But crawl before you walk and walk before you run. Mm -hmm. But the more that you have that peace of mind that if or when you make a mistake or if or when someone sues you, Mm -hmm. even if you're not in the wrong, you're protected. Yeah, and that's something I've learned about getting sued is that anyone can sue anyone over anything. So, I mean, it doesn't... You could be in the right the whole time, but I mean, they can come for you. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome that you know you guys help people get protect themselves. Yep. So, I, I guess to wrap up entities, uh, it sounds like if you're a brand new investor, there's no need to wait, you know, because uh, not only is it a mindset thing, but you want to start off on the right foot and, and be professional and, and start doing deals through the LLC and, and not in your personal name. And then as you grow, as you level up. You can set up an S-Corp. Is there anything else we've missed on on the entities that you guys help with? C-Corporations are awesome from a protection standpoint, but we don't want you to be hurt from a tax standpoint. Once again, everyone's situation is so different Mm -hmm. that just talk to us. If you're brand new, let us know that you're brand new and we can work with that accordingly. If you've already done 10 deals and you're still doing them under your personal name, Mm -hmm. that's okay, but let's change that moving forward so that you are protected and... Um, you understand the tax benefits. Cool. So how would that look like if someone that you know watches this, uh, whether it's in one of the course platforms or on, on, online, how would they get go about getting set up with you guys? Would they just book a schedule call and then talk to someone about getting an entity, entity set up? Yeah, what, what we'll do is we'll get you a link, mm-hmm. um, and you, you can click on that link, and we'll make it so that you can schedule a free consultation. So 45 minutes to an hour, Um, schedule a time to speak with one of our representatives, whether you're structured or not, kind of break down the importance of the entity setup, Mm -hmm. which entity is best for you, where is best for you to be set up, and uh, we'll break all that down for you. Um, we'll get you a link. It'll be down below or yeah, wherever you're sure. putting it. And it's 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 it sounds like it's an educational experience too. They they kind of let you know what's your best option, right? Yep, absolutely. At at the end of the day, to bring entity structure full circle, we're really trying to accomplish three things: mm-hmm. asset protection, tax benefits, and showing yourself as a legitimate ba- uh, business, not only to banks and lenders, but to future clients, to pu- future prospects. Cool, cool. Um, those are the three takeaways. And one thing I wanted to say before we move on to the next, uh, what would you say, I guess, programs that you guys do, right. is um, I used to have <laughs> a tax lady that did my taxes when I was doing door-to-door sales. Mm-hmm. And I told her I was getting into real estate investing, and I told her wholesaling. And she's like, what's that? And then I was like, this probably isn't going to work out moving forward. Because <laughs> she didn't she didn't know what I was doing. Right. So the, the p- most powerful thing about working with Prime Corporate Services is you guys have that experience. I mean, you don't, you don't want to work with someone that doesn't even understand what you do. You know, if you guys are having someone else do your taxes or setting up other additional entities. Um, so that that's something that's really cool about what you guys do. Don't, don't you guys specialize in working with investors? Yes. Yes. I, every Every industry is different. Every business is different. And the tax code is set up to benefit different businesses, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you own farmland and want us to file your taxes, we're not doing it, first of all. But second of all, we don't know that industry, right? So if you're in the farming business... You're out of luck. <laughs> go, go somewhere local. Oh, but man. the real estate industry, online businesses, consulting, um, we've got a full team of accountants and CPAs. We've got about 40 accountants and CPAs right now. So what's really nice is if you already have an accountant or a CPA, ask that exact question. Do you know what wholesaling is? Do you know what innovations are? Do you know what creative financing is? Do you know all the exit strategies? Like, just bring them up to the your tax account. If they don't know what those are, then you probably... How, how many do you file a year? Right? Yep. If you haven't heard of it, yeah. you probably haven't filed them. Right. But once you've filed hundreds and then thousands of different wholesale businesses and innovation businesses, naturally, you're going to have a team that finds other areas, right? If you hear about something and you bring it to the accountant the 40 accountants are naturally always talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So the follow-up question is, how are you going about understanding new tax codes? How are you bettering your... No, no one knows all 72,000 pages oh, man. of the tax code. Bet, that'd be wild. Right? But the more that you... Just like masterminds, mm-hmm. right? That's when we first met was yeah. at, a, as a, at a mastermind in Arizona. That's right. And you're always going to bettering, better yourself. You may know 90% of what's told at those, mm-hmm. those masterminds, but if you have one takeaway, 10% of a takeaway, that really can change your business long-term. So. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I found in my, my personal experience, uh, and investors, I've, you guys should do this too, but an uh, important way to level up is get the right people in your corner, right? Sure. You want to get really good at real estate investing? Well, you got to get the best tax get people and, and the best, uh, I guess, team around you. So you, you're, you're protected and you're, um, you know, you're doing things the right way. Yep. So is there any, um, anything else we missed on entities that, you know, you think that might be helpful, um, to I, I think investors, that experienced investors, I, I think it wraps, we, we could probably talk about it for another course, week yeah. if we broke down each one, but right. whether you're already structured or if you feel you need another entity or your first entity, schedule a call and entity structuring, business credit development, tax planning, tax, tax preparation, estate planning. I know those are all areas that we're going to get into and we're going to right. talk about, but schedule an appointment so you have a good understanding of what you're doing. And, and remember, it's not about where you are right now. Mm-hmm. It's where you're going to be in three years, five years, 10 years. Right. A lot easier if you're set up properly from the beginning. Cool. And I, I got one class, one last question about the entities. Like, so if you're working with someone to build your entities over there, do you, do you have constant contact with like one person? Do you have multiple contacts at prime corporate services? How does that work? Yeah, people? there's, we have multiple, we have multiple contacts depending on what you're doing. Okay. I don't want my entity team to talk to you about taxes because right, right. it's not as efficient for you, but you do have one designated contact that if you need additional entities, or if you have a question on how you're structured, mm-hmm. you have one contact point that you can go to. Cool, cool. So hit them up. I guess, you know, the purpose of this was just to educate you guys on, you know, the importance of entities. And if you are brand new, like we've talked about, getting set up with an LLC does help not only your mindset, but gets you protected and, and get you in the right direction. Yeah. So uh, let's let's kind of hop into the, I think it's the business credit program, right? Right. T- tell me, uh, kind of give me an idea what that's about, because I'm, I'm sure people are like, business credit, I got personal credit, what's business credit? Yep, business credit is a crowd favorite. Every time I talk <laughs> about business credit, everyone's like, how do I get more of that? I Yeah. You know, you've never run into an entrepreneur that's like, I want less money. Yeah, give, give me all that business credit you got. <laughs> so everyone, you, you have a legal name, you have 
a social security number and you have a credit score, mm-hmm. right? Our theory is we want to do the same thing for your business, Okay. right? Let's make sure you have the business name. If you already have it, great. Let's make sure you have the EIN number, employer identification number, right? The, the social for your business. Mm-hmm. You can also build what's called a Paydex score, P-A-Y-D-E-X. It's similar to your personal credit, but it's different in the range. So our goal is if we can help you build up this business credit, mm-hmm. you can now go and reinvest into your business, grow, scale, use that long-term while separating your liability. Mm-hmm. So naturally, a crowd favorite as far as building oh, up gosh. business credit. So the Paydex, I've never heard of that. Can you check what your pay, your score or Paydex is? Can you do that for yeah, your so the, business entity? The first step is Dun & Bradstreet. Okay. If you have a Dun's number... You can check what that DUNS number is. But a lot of what we do with our business credit process is we help you understand what banks and lenders are willing to work with your situation. Okay. Right? Not all banks are willing to lend equally. Got it. Some of them want to only lend to cars. Some Mm -hmm. of them will lend to real estate. Some of them to subways and brick and mortars. Understanding what banks to reach out to for the largest limits and the lowest rates is crucial when you're looking for business credit. So let's kind of uh, do a, a, a scenario. Uh, t- t- let's just say John signs up with you guys, right? He gets an LLC. Can he immediately start working with you guys to get business credit set up? Yeah, yeah. That's another great point is even if you haven't done a deal or even if your business is not generating income, you can build that credit profile off of your entity itself. That, that you just got, for example. I just got it yesterday. I just signed up with you guys. Can I yep. start working with you guys and you start building my business credit like the next day? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's here's a benefit of that. A story that I'll oftentimes tell in a scenario like this is how nice would it be if when you were 12 years old, mm-hmm. someone said, I'm going to make sure you have an eight, 800 credit score by the time you're 18. I'd say that's great. Right? Yeah, I'd love that. If you can build up that credit history, that's the hardest part to build your credit is the credit history. Right. You have the on-time payments. You have the debt-to-ceiling percentage. But by the time you were 18, if you wanted to go get a student loan, credit card, car loan, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're in a lot better position if you have good credit. Right. And most people start at that time. Right. So your business credit is the same way. The sooner you can start to build up that credit profile as you do deals naturally that's what's going to continue to increase those credit lines do doing more does doing more deals increase the credit or is that kind of separate separate if you're if you're using it just like your personal credit it makes it a lot easier to low the um, increase those lines of credit but okay i mean last last month we got over four million dollars in business credit and corporate funding just last month alone wow so it is a process i always say it's not rocket science. It is a process. Mm-hmm. But if you get some starter accounts like Staples, Lowe's, Gas Card. Do you guys do that for people? Yeah, we can help you get those starter accounts. Is that, is that a part of the business credit program to kind of start with those starter things and getting people set up? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Okay. That way you can inflate that because we want to get you in front of banks and lenders that are not reporting on a quarterly or an annual basis. Mm-hmm. We want to help you with a list that reports monthly. That, that increases that. Okay. That's going to naturally inflate that credit profile a lot quicker. Cool, cool. So you can then go get business credit cards where you can extend those lines of credit. 
So if someone want to do like a workaround, like they, they get you set, they work with prime corporate services to set up their entity and they're like, look, I don't need the business credit program. I'm just going to go directly with my EIN and go to Chase or to uh, Biz Bank of America and just try to get a credit card. Like that probably wouldn't work, right? Because they haven't built up that um, credit. It, it could work. They could still give you a card, but usually a scenario like that is going to be called a personal credit extension. So mm-hmm. if that was the case, you go to Chase and you say, I need a business card. They'll mm-hmm. go, awesome. What's your business name? Mm-hmm. What's your EIN number? What's your type of business? What's your social? Ultimately, that's still personally tied and guaranteed to you, mm. right? You probably have the warm and fuzzies when they give you the card <laughs> and it's got your business name on there, yeah, right? Yeah, you're feeling like you did something big. But if you don't build up that separate credit profile, you don't establish it, you'll never have it. So what you're talking about, for someone that understands this a little bit but is a little new to this, is it's something completely separate than what you just said of, of them asking for your social. When you build up that business credit, it's not even tied to your personal, right? Your social. Correct. Yep. Wow. We want to separate that liability legally and financially. So by having the entity, by setting up the separate credit profile, that's how you're truly separating your personal and your business where I'm okay with the business credit looking a little bit like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. because I'm lending money to go make more money, right? I'm not okay with my personal credit looking like a roller coaster, and I'm sure a lot of people are in that same boat. I'm going to have to be honest. I got to shoot you straight. So I used Fund & Grow when I first started, Mm -hmm. and they got me about $100,000 in in business credit. That was tied, not tied to me personally. So I stopped using them like a a little bit ago, and then uh, maybe a year or two ago, and then I went on Chase, and I was like, I got this. I can just get set it up with my own. So I I went on Chase the other day with my one of my new entities, and I filled out my EIN, my business name, and they asked for my my credit, my social security number, and I was like, okay, that's that's not no big deal. But I think I'm from what you just said. I think I might have done it wrong. I think that I didn't set it up where I think it's still tied to me. Right. Yeah. They gave me a lot, and I was like, well, this is the new entity. Maybe uh, maybe. <laughs> If you, if you look at your credit report, mm-hmm. it's very likely reporting directly on your credit profile. I'm almost 99% sure it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is, this is a perfect example. So this, this is, is great. great. So I can reach out to you guys and be like, look, I might have thought I was being slick, you know, trying to get a you know, business, use my business credit. I might not have set it up right. You guys can help me out. Correct. Because I know I can, um, you know, you guys can probably help me get a lot more than you know I'm getting. And, and the way we use it in my business and, and a lot of investors, I suggest you do get business credit is because uh, the way that um, wholesaling and real estate investing works is there's, it's heavy on marketing. A lot of times you have to spend a lot of money on marketing and you don't, the cash conversion cycle is, can be longer. So you can spend, you know, ten fifteen thousand $15,000 and you might not get that money back for 30, 60 days. And uh, you, you don't want to just put all that on cash, in my opinion. I would put that on a credit card, and then you know you can make the minimum payments on the business credit card until that money comes in, then you pay it off. Um, that's kind of what we do, so we're not always having to shell out cash uh, when we do heavy marketing campaigns. It, it makes me sick to my stomach when I see someone at like a gas station buying a drink with cash or a debit card, mm-hmm. let alone thousands of dollars in marketing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you could invest with business credit... Mm-hmm for your marketing, give yourself that time, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is, there's a lot of 0% offers. 
tons. There's a lot you know, of balance transfer offers for twelve, you know, twelve months, sixteen months, eighteen months. I mean, they give you quite a bit of time. But there's also a lot of rewards, mm-hmm. right? I can't tell you the last time I paid for airfare because I'm always utilizing business credit. I let the business pay for itself, and then I'm paying myself from there. That's sure. that salary. That's that distribution. Yes. How organized is everything over on this business side? Because you've used nothing but business credit. It's all in there. But I'm still reaping the rewards of airlines, cash Two, back, 3%. whatever it may be. Yeah, 100%. So I don't. I think if people aren't doing that, they're grossly, uh, ma- I think they're making a mistake. You know, And <laughs> not to throw my mother-in-law under the bus, but she doesn't like using credit cards. And I'm like, you got to use a credit card. You, know, you're gonna, you pay it off just like a debit card get your points. It's the same thing as your business, right? Yep. You I mean, why would you spend $10,000 on mailers and not get, you know, $200 back or $300 back? I mean, you're going to pay it off anyway. Shout so. out, shout out to your mother-in-law, but please start <laughs> getting those reward Should points. Should she hit you up? Please, please. <laughs> Can you guys help out? Let's get her using the Rose? credit card. She needs the rewards more she than anything. <laughs> she's, res- she's responsible. It is just a different way of thinking. Yeah. Some it's people, a mindset thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always treated a credit card as a debit card. I mean, just pay it off. I mean, um, you know, pay the payments or pay it off when, it, when it's due and, you know, get the rewards. I mean, yep. you're, you're maximizing. So, again, I think what you guys offer for business credit program, extremely important because we do it. We ha- we, you have to um, with how heavy uh, the marketing is in, in wholesaling. I mean, it, you got cold. It depends what people do, but if you do cold calling, pay-per-click, I mean, that stuff can add up to 30, 40, 50,000. Even I know there's some people that run like $100,000 campaigns a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think they're just spending that all on, you know, right out of their bank account? No, they're putting that on cards right. and uh, getting those rewards and they're building that credit. And I, the more you spend, the more you, they give you, right? We have, we have thousands of credit clients at this point, and that $4 million, I, I should know how many people that's broken up over last month with the $4 million that we got, but I always mention, like, I wish so bad that I knew the compound effect of the $4 million that we help people get for their business. Mm-hmm. How much additional money were they able to generate over the next year? Yeah. Over the next two years. Was, was that business credit what allowed them to take the risk to up their marketing budget that ended up resulting in a couple more deals. If you really think about how big of an impact that can be for anyone's business, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's honestly a game changer because uh, I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit more insight to where we, where we were. Um, my first year in wholesaling, we, you know, we made like $90,000 in our first like four, four or five months. And what happened is, you know, we made 90, we paid ourselves and, um, you know, we put the rest into marketing. We, we didn't have business credit and, um, you know, the count went down. Right. And then, you know, we weren't using business credit line or credit cards at that time. We were just paying out of the count. So what would happen is we, we, the count would go down, you know, we'd spend more, and we get a deal. Then it'd go up, we'd pay ourselves, pay marketing, and then it'd go down. It'd be like this, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't really make it ahead uh, where our account stayed consistent and went up until we started leveraging business credit because then we were able to really put stay consistent with our marketing. And that's that's a big issue with whole, wholesaling and um, you know this industry is if you're not consistent with your marketing and how many leads come in, then you're going to see those ebbs and flows. But if you can stay consistent, um, then you're going to be consistently getting more deals. So it's super important. I like that. Yeah, I think, I think it's... And then you can pay yourself first. You can make sure you're tracking those expenses so that you're writing it off at the end of the year. There's 
the compound effect of the benefit on the percentages is insane. Like right now with streaming this live, Mm -hmm. the feds just announced that they're likely going to raise the interest rates again. Mm -hmm. And even with the last raise in interest rates, everyone's losing their mind, right? It's like, what's going to happen? Oh my God. We're talking about 6%. Like what if you were to focus on saving 10% on your taxes? What if you made an additional 10% with real estate and saved an additional 10% on taxes, that compound effect is really how you start to generate good wealth. That's that's important to know. So you guys, instead of focusing on, I guess, the doomsday, you're like, hey, guys, there's more money to save outside of just, you know, I guess what people would normally think about, like, um, you know, they can save money on their taxes. And that's really cool to, to you know, for you to bring that up. It's It's not about how much money you make. It is all about how much money you're able to keep in your corner. Yeah, and, and I can guarantee if you don't have someone that knows how to keep that money, you're not going to keep a lot of it, right? Sure. You're probably going to spend. You're, you're going to have to pay it to the government and taxes, or um, yeah. So you definitely you need the right people in your corner. So um, for someone that wants business credit, what's that? What's the call to action, or what do they need to do? Yeah, same thing. Schedule an appointment, right? And if if you're already structured with the entity, um, great. If you have questions on the entity, make sure that we talk about them. But even in the short period of time that we've talked, Mm -hmm. there's things that I think there's areas we can help you, let alone everyone that's just getting started. That's what I love about these. It's like, hey, this isn't just for for the viewers or anyone that's watching. It's like, I'm always trying to improve, and I see things that I can implement in my business, you know? Yeah, schedule a call on that link and just let them know. If you're brand new, let them know. If you already have entities, let whoever you speak with know. And let's make sure that you understand where you are now and where you're headed, whether it's the entity, the business credit, the tax filing, or the estate planning. So, um, I'm, but this is obvious, but if you don't have an entity, you can't get business credit. That's usually, that's how it works, right? Correct. Yeah, you, you can, technically, it doesn't matter because it's still coming back to your social. So I don't recommend it. It is possible to build additional credit lines but it will always come back around to your personal credit. So if someone new comes to you and says, hey, look, I love that business credit, you'd say, great, let's get you started on an entity, and then let's get you started that business credit. Is that kind of like the package that you... Yeah, we, we won't work with someone on building business credit unless they're doing it from an entity because it takes longer, it's not the right way to do it, and it's not truly separating that liability. Cool, cool. Well, is there anything else we missed about business credit that, you know, obviously we could talk about it a, a lot more, but is there any anything, um, you know, that you think we should hit on for I, people? I think that's about it. I mean, we've got an excellent credit team. They've been in the banking industry for a long time, and um, you can anyone can build business credit. It takes a little bit of time to build up those larger credit lines, and if you're doing it the right way and avoiding some of those pitfalls and those mistakes, it'll make a huge difference long-term. So... I wanted to talk about one last thing. So I, I always think of business credit as like credit cards, but you're also talking about credit lines, lines of credit. Right. So um, I'm just curious, have you, do you know anyone or have you seen anybody that's just like got a, the craziest amount of credit line? Like, I, I don't know what you can get for a credit line, to be honest. Like, yeah, we have, like a, uh, we, we have a mutual friend that has an over $1 million line of credit. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's like a 2 or 3% interest or something you're crazy. Kidding. Seriously? But that doesn't happen for everyone. A lot of times people start with maybe five to 20,000 mm-hmm. and then start to grow it up to 50, 100, um, depending on the income levels that you're using. 
If you're not using that line of credit, it's not going to grow. So you do need to have some expenses that are going, mm. whether it's your marketing, whether it's apparel, whether it's a microphone, use that business credit. It's important so that you can continue to grow those lines. Yeah. So uh, when with our business credit, we usually use the bit credit card that has 0% interest because we, we don't want to accrue any interest and in pay any of that. But you're saying it is important to use your business line of credit or you won't, they won't increase it. Is that, is that what you're saying? Depends on what you're using it for. Uh-huh. If it's someone that accepts a credit card, it's usually making more sense to use that because there's more rewards. There's right. very rarely rewards that are involved with lines of credit. Mm-hmm. So I want to do whatever I can to make sure I'm not paying money in interest mm-hmm. and I'm maximizing on the rewards. Yeah, so the line of credit, I mean, you can't use a credit card to you know buy, um, I guess, if you were buying a, a, a property, you would probably need a line of credit to put down you know, if you didn't have the money to put down for the down payment of the hard money loan, like the hard money loan usually give you 85, 90%. You, you can't swipe your credit card to get the 10% down, right? So you Correct, probably could yeah. pull that for your, your line of credit. There's, there's a lot of creative ways, and I've had clients that have been overly creative if they needed to come up with some money, mm-hmm. um, earnest money, whatever that looks like, where they've taken a cash advance mm. and used that to get into the deal without having the money up front if they didn't have those lines of credit. So once again, if there's a will or there's okay. a way, and it, this is a solutions business. Yeah, I guess me saying you could do that. I'm sure there's, there's people that have. There's people that could, okay, all right. I didn't mean to say that, but that's that's cool. Well, yeah, so get definitely if you want to scale your business, Investor Drive, business credit, extremely important. For sure. You got to do it. Yep. Cool. So um, you ready to hop into the next topic? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, let's talk about tax planning. Let's talk about tax planning. And, um, you know, most people probably have a tax accountant, right? You know, they probably have been working with the the trusted family tax accountant or someone that came um, that they're friends with or H&R blockers. Something like that. Right. What, what what do you guys recommend for people that are kind of have that relationship or are already with someone? Can they come over and be like, hey, let's let the professionals, let's let Prime Corporate Services take care of this? Can they come and do that? Yeah, for sure. And I trust your gut, right? Going back to your questions earlier of how many wholesalers have they worked with? How many real estate investors have they worked with? Mm-hmm. And how do they understand the tax code changes that happen on an annual basis? Oh, goodness. Right. I'll, I'll talk to people that are like, I've been in business for 20 years. I've used the same accountant. There's no way I'm switching. And I'm like, that's, it's your business. That's (laughs) fine. However, when was the last time you heard about a new tax code? Right. What do you mean? I don't want to deal with it. Neither does your accountant. (laughs) He doesn't want to talk about it. For example, there's every year tax code changes where there's a ton of opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? Two years ago, when COVID hits, they say restaurants are impacted. Mm-hmm. We're going to change business meals from 50% deductible to 100% deductible Wow! for 2021 and 2022. Should I, I should ate out more, you know? If your accountant let you know, you would have. I didn't know. I have been eating out, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. in addition to that, there's they just, right now, gas prices, extremely high, right? Right. So starting July 1st through the end of the year, they just increase the mileage deduction for self-employed individuals. So for those of you that are driving for dollars, Mm -hmm. those of you that are using your vehicle for your business, make sure you're tracking that mileage because we just went from 58 and a half cents a mile to 62 and a half cents a mile from July 1st moving forward. 
Dang. Right? So little, little things. It's a couple cents a mile that we're talking about. But at the end of the year, if you don't understand those changes and you don't have a team of accountants and CPAs that are making you aware of those changes, Mm -hmm. the average small business owner leaves about $9,000 a year on the table. No way. Without understanding where that money's going, $9,000. That's a small guy. You said that's the average small guy. That's the average, yeah. So, wow. So once you get up there, you're probably leaving a, you know, you could be leaving a ton. So do you... Do you ever go back and someone bring you, um, you know, maybe they've been working with someone for five years and they say, hey, um, I'd like to work with you. Can you look back over my last five years and help me out and see if I left any money on the table? Do you do that? We do, yeah. We, it's, probably depending, a, it's probably a big hassle. Yeah, and it, once again, everyone's situation's different, right? Mm-hmm. I think it is important if you switch accountants and CPAs to have them look at the previous year. It makes a lot of sense in a lot of scenarios to go back three years. Mm-hmm. But it's usually pretty rare that you want to go back over three years because you're probably, it's it's probably going to cost you more money than it's worth. Mm-hmm. But depending on your income level, depending on the business that you're in, it's absolutely an option. Cool, cool. So, I you, we talked about planning, and I'm not for people that aren't sure what tax planning is. I mean, a lot of people just think like, hey, at the end, right before I have to file my taxes, I just got to get all the information ready and give it to my tax guy. That's what I feel like most people do. I do that sometimes too, other than paying. um, I think I pay quarterly, like my, uh, uh, I can't remember what, I pay something quarterly. The the estimated, estimated's quarterly. There you go. So (laughs) I pay that, but um, yeah, most people don't plan it. So what what do you mean by planning, like tax planning? Whenever someone asks me tax, tax advice, right? They're always looking for a quick tax code that will save them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I always say there's two things that are very, very important. Number one, hire an accountant or a CPA. Don't file your own taxes, right? You're, what you're, you're like worst, the turbo tax stuff? They're, you're your worst advocate. It's, if attorneys hire attorneys, CPAs and accountants have other CPA and accountants file their taxes. Right. And there's a reason for it. Sometimes that perspective from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. there's things that you wouldn't have even thought of to write off from a tax standpoint. So number one, hire an accountant or a CPA. Number two, track and organize your expenses somehow, some way. Like QuickBooks or something Whether it's We love QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. We use QuickBooks all the time. Our bookkeepers love love using QuickBooks. But even if if it's an Excel spreadsheet, if it's one credit card, Everyone's situation's different. And if you're brand new, I do think there's still benefit in setting up that entity. Right. But I don't think there's benefit to you having a bookkeeper. Yeah. Right? For sure. So if you have a system to track and organize your ordinary and necessary business expenses, it's going to make a massive difference at the end of the year. Okay. Do you guys have any, any like suggestions for, uh, for doing that for people that are new? Like a, a spreadsheet you give out or... Um, anyone at Prime Corporate Services that gives like helps gives advice on like how to keep track of all that stuff? Yeah, so for self-employed real estate investors, there's over 250 different deductible expenses from your phone, internet, power, portions of your rent or your mortgage if you have a home office. Yeah. Um, for those people that are tax clients of ours, we do have an organizer that we like to get them just to Help them understand what to track, what to expense. But for people that prefer using technology, uh, Mile IQ is an awesome app to track your mileage. Mile IQ, okay. QuickBooks is great. Do you like Mint? 
Have you heard of Mint? Mint's great. Yep. There's another one called Keeper Tax that I've come across over the last couple months. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten a ton of funding, but it's really slick. You can basically put your credit cards, your bank accounts, everything into this one designated app. Okay. And it'll say, was this business related? If you go, if we go get lunch right now, it'll say, was this business related? I text back yes, and it organizes it for you. Wow. Really slick. Keeper tax? Keeper tax. Let's go. So there's all sorts of technology, all sorts of apps. But at that point, what I think is important, once you're tracking and once you're organizing, the reason you pay estimated quarterlies Mm -hmm. is because you're sitting down with your accountant and your CPA, and you're looking at your profit and loss. Mm -hmm. So going into the fourth quarter, they should say to you, great job this year. You did awesome. Either you're paying $20,000 in the form of taxes, Mm -hmm. or you can reinvest it back into your business. Do you put that back into marketing? Do you put that into the infrastructure of your business? Right. Right? If you're gathering all your stuff up and come tax time around March or April, handing it all over to your accountant or CPA, you're part of that statistic of leaving 9,000 on the table. Right, right. So really the, the, the planning starts going into that fourth quarter. Dang, I'm sure you guys have tons of testimonials of people that have been doing it themselves or with their mom pop shop, and then they come over to you and they're like, "Dang, I was leaving all that money on this, you know, paying it out when I didn't need to." I'm, I'm sure that happens all the time. One one of the uh, one of the partners and affiliates that we work with had a six hundred thousand dollar tax bill, and that's what ended up having him come to us and start to working with us. And um, you serious? That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. I think. I, we, Did you, you know, get it down to about one hundred and fifty, <laughs> about one hundred and fifty thousand? So that I bet he was jumping for joy. Oh my gosh, he still is. Every time, <laughs> every time we talk, he's excited about it. But everyone's situation's different. The more that you understand what to track, you're naturally going to save money in taxes. Wow. Well, sounds like if you are going to grow in this wholesaling, uh, you know, real estate investing business, that Prime Corporate Services is the one that like is the one to go with. Right. You know, if, if, you know, if you go with somebody that doesn't know this industry, you're definitely losing money. I right. mean, you're, you're, you're spending more money, right? Right. That's almost a guarantee. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I, do you guys have any like competitor? I'm just curious. Do you have people that are like as good as you guys are, like that are a competition? I mean, I don't, you don't even have to say their names, but I'm just, you know, there's, it's hard to say. There's probably people that are better based off the specific niches of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's a law firm CPA, if it's a financial firm CPA, but I I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I'm sure there's people that are better. There's always things that you right. can learn within a seventy two thousand page tax code. But based off of the volume that we're able to handle with how many accountants and CPAs that we have, and the amount of real estate investors that we're already working with. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to them if there were. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I guess the reason I asked you that is just because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really hear about, um, you know, I've been hearing about you guys a lot now, and, but I don't really hear about too many other people that, like, specialize in working with, like, our, I guess, wholesalers, real estate investors. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe right. that's not a topic that comes up a ton, but. Um, a lot of times it goes back to the, the financial planning aspect, The thing that's hard about once you have a very, very large business and you have multiple employees, it's easy to hire that in-house counsel and those in-house CPAs, the in-house attorneys. Mm -hmm. 
And I would say that's great because you have someone that's living and breathing your business all the time. Yeah, that's true. But if you're just getting started, you can't afford an attorney. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that high dollar CPA that maybe could put more focus into your specific situation. And that's where I think prime corporate has really excelled is when we started prime 10 years ago, mm-hmm. we did it with the little guy in mind, mm-hmm. someone that's just getting started, someone that hasn't done their first deal yet. And if we can teach them how to set themselves up properly from the very beginning, it's going to be a lot easier for them to grow and scale as opposed to going back three years, five years, 10 years right, right, and saying, what did I miss? No, that's for right. sure. So if someone's brand new and like, let's look at this scenario, brand new, don't, doesn't have an entity and uh, doesn't have the business credit and they want to set up everything with you guys. Let's talk about entity. Let's talk business credit and tax planning. They want to do all that. Do they have to pay for the tax planning and um, what is it called? The tax planning uh, up front, or is that paid once the taxes are filed? Like, how does that work? I'm just yeah. Curious. Generally, generally speaking, so the entity setups up front, the business credits up front, the tax we usually like to do up front as well because we want to do the planning, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times you don't pay your taxes until they're filed mm-hmm. because there's no work that's been done beforehand. But that's what we preach. Mm -hmm. We want you to plan. We want you to have that quarterly meeting. We want you to have someone that you can call and that you can email. So if we're filing those taxes, we generally do like to get a commitment from somebody up front to show that they're committed to reach out, committed to having those conversations that will make the big difference Obviously, at the end of the year. So, so planning, but you would you pay as well when you you filed, or is that done up front? And you're saying it just depends on what your business is. If okay. you have ten businesses, you're probably going to pay up front and on the back end. Okay, if you got yeah, one, yeah. it's usually pretty straightforward, and we're able to streamline the process. Got it. Got so, it. depending on how many businesses you have, depending on how many deals you've done, depending on how organized you were able to stay throughout the year, those are all components that are going to make a big difference because most accountants and CPAs are either going to tell you that they charge by the hour or they're going to tell you they charge by the form. Mm-hmm. So if they charge by the hour, I usually say turn around and run. <laughs> and the reason yeah. I say it is because you don't know how efficiently they work. Right. You don't know how much other, other things that they have going on. You don't know if they need to charge you for research and development because you had a unique scenario this year. Mm-hmm. Right. On the flip side, if they're charging by form, the average for accountants and CPAs is four to $600 a form. Mm-hmm. Personal taxes a form, business taxes a form. So what I don't want that to do is get very expensive as you get more successful. Mm. If you can track those up front, and you can have someone that you can call or email on an annual basis, it's naturally going to be a lot easier to keep that cost down. So the sooner you're set up the right way and the sooner you're tracking your expenses, the less expensive it'll be long-term. Yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. And, um, it's not something a lot of people talk about. A lot of people don't talk about entities like we're talking about business credit, tax, planning, estate planning. But I think, uh, you know, as you level up, you got to have, like I said, the right people in your corner right. or you're going to be wasting a lot of your money. Um, is there anything else that you, you, know, we, you think we should talk about when it comes down to um, you know, tax planning, filing? Hire an accountant and a CPA and organize your expenses, please. If you can make sure that you're doing that, you can get away from that statistic of the 9,000 that's left on the table because the rude reality is anyone that watches this 
has the intent to be self-employed. Right. And that's all the IRS is looking for is do you have the intent to treat and operate as a business? You know, and, and what you just asked Investors Drive Nation to do is very simple, right? I've been doing that for the last, like, you know, however long I've been self-employed, been working for myself. Like, it seems like you ask people to do it, like, they don't do that. Is right. that, do some people not have a CP, a tax accountant or a CPA or? It's, it's very, very common that they're just piecing things together or they, you know, go to the local H&R block or the local Jackson Hewitt. It's, <laughs> Aunt, uncle, that's sounds that's like okay. Terrible, no <laughs> knock to them, but well, it's, I mean, if you want to pay more money, it's okay. It's not, you know, because right. most of the time they're not going to catch everything. They might do it like, you know, here and there for a couple people. But you guys are seeing, like you said, the what do you say, seventy two thousand tax codes like that change, or? right? And even one of one of the things that one of, one of our CPAs, one of my favorite CPAs on our staff, I'm not going to say his name because then everyone's going to call you, back and you ask. You got to give him the name, but. Uh, <laughs> One, one of the things that he said was accountants and CPAs were initially created to defend people from the IRS. Really? And a lot of accountants and CPAs nowadays are just trying to get taxes filed because that's how they get paid. So you should have someone that's on your team, that's on your side, that's helping you understand what the rules and to regulations man, are. Yeah. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. It's crazy. And uh, it's a game. The more you understand how to play the game, the easier it is to win. Cool, cool. Well, I mean, that's been some awesome information on you know tax planning and filing. And it sounds like you guys, anyone that joins to work with Prime Corporate Services is going to have a rock star in their corner that's going to they're going to be able to reach out to and they're going to understand. And that's been one of my biggest issues with working with taxes, uh, tax accountants in the past is I ask questions and they don't answer my questions, but it sounds like, you know, you guys when you do the planning, you 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 help, you explain it and you help the person understand what's going on. For sure. And so. it's and there's and there's times where I get asked a question and it's I don't know, let me find it out. That's okay as well as long as oh, they find course. it out and come back to you. Yeah, but they got to sure. come back to you. And they got to help you understand what the solution is for that problem, and that's where I love our team of accountants and CPAs. Is if you ask me a question that I don't know, I get to go talk to forty accountants and CPAs that then get to communicate amongst each other to find a solution for a real estate investor that's indirectly impacting the other thousands that we're filing on an annual basis. I think there's a lot of power to that. That's powerful. If you're working with one individual or someone that doesn't file a lot of real estate investors, you don't have that luxury. Well, it sounds like what you guys got over there. I've been to your office. It sounds like it's like a mastermind in itself over there. You know, right. people just you know, a bunch of minds coming together and you know, improve you know, improving other people's accounts. Maybe if some guy faces another thing. Everyone can learn from that. So that's that's what it's all about. The more that you can collaborate, the more that you can. If you hear something in one area, paying your children, right? You can pay your children up to $12,000 a year as long as they're doing actual business. Have them fill out the mailers. Have them put them in envelopes. Have them work as modeling, right? There's a lot of things you can do to pay your children as well that end up making a big difference tax-wise. Didn't know that. My daughter's a model. She makes $12,000 a year. Yes. That is awesome. That's good stuff. Hey, well, I got to start. I don't have any kids yet, but once I do, that, baby, gotcha. that baby's going to work. Better believe it. <laughs> that baby's being a model. <laughs> cool. Well, um, let's, I, let's, do we have time to hop into the, the, the last estate planning is what we want to get into. Let's do it. Um, Hector, are we good? Are we good? Okay. Yeah, so let's talk about estate planning. And this is one thing that, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know much about. 
And I'm sure a lot of people, Investor Drive Nation, new investors, they're like, why do I need estate planning? Right. So tell us um, a little bit more about what you offer there and, and how it's, it helps investors. From a biased opinion, anyone that owns real estate should have an estate plan, right? Trust, wills, living wills, and power of attorneys is what estate plans are made up of. Okay. And you or someone that you know has been affected by probate, right? For example, personally speaking, when my grandpa passed away, my mom and my uncle were best friends. They didn't talk to each other for 15 years because the trust, the will, the money came between the two of them. Happens probably a ton. Right? Yeah. I was at a real estate conference a couple weeks ago and I was up speaking on stage and I said, has anyone been affected by probate? And about 20 people out of a hundred raised their hands. And I asked one of them and said, how much did it cost you to go through that probate process? Said $600,000 in seven years. So it's not only a matter of protecting your assets, it's also a matter of just the emotional strain that goes into that for family members. But I think the last component is it can work as a form of protection, mm-hmm. right? From an estate planning standpoint, it's something I continued to push off until I had my daughter as well. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this for 10 years. My daughter's only one and a half. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really care about it until I had my daughter either. But once I did, I want to make sure my assets are protected. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure if something happens to me, the state isn't taking a lot of my hard-earned money away, and I have a say of what I want to happen with life insurance, the properties that I own, the businesses, any of the ownership Mm -hmm. that I've created by working my tail off. Right. I want to make sure those things are protected. So it's an easy one to put off. Well, I mean, it's it's very important. Yeah, I'm sure if you have business partners, too, it can get probably really sticky if you, you know, don't have an estate set up and, you know, who who gets what or how it gets divided. Is that kind of do you help with that, too? Like, oh, yeah, for like, for example, I have a business with my business partner, Corey. We run the wholesaling business. Right. Um, So we both own 50 percent. He's actually 51. I'm 49. And then on our other businesses, we just switch. So if I were to pass away and we don't have any estate set up, could like, I guess we would be in trouble, right? He's, he's the owner. It, it's one thing that you could put in your operating agreement, your articles of incorporation. In one of the businesses that I own with multiple partners, mm-hmm. I have that if something happens to me, the additional gets handed over to my wife. Okay. Now, they can buy my wife out. They can do whatever they need to do. But that needs to be in writing. But is that is that estate planning or that we're talking about, or is that something separate? Uh, that would be more on the entity structure side. Do you guys help help with that too? For sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So estate is more like the the properties itself, right? right. Like that that get left behind and in who those go to. Yep. Okay. There's so many crazy stories. I mean, it's a lot of them are celebrities, unfortunately, because it's such high net worth mm-hmm. numbers. But Prince, Elvis, Michael Jackson, all these guys didn't have any of these things in place, which is crazy. Come on, guys. You would think someone yeah. would listen to a podcast like this and yeah. be like, Michael Jackson, you should probably have a trust. Yeah, for sure. But Prince, for instance, when he passed away, it was like an $80 million evaluation of all his assets. Mm-hmm. It went through probate for so long, it was en- ended up being worth like $160 million. So it was one scenario that ended up helping crazy. more than it hurted. But mm-hmm. 
you're not Prince. <laughs> so your estate is probably going to go down when you die, not go up. <laughs> right. So the more that you have that protected, the better. Cool. So it sounds like, um, you know, for a brand new investor that's coming in, they probably wouldn't think too much about, you know, estate planning. But you're, this is also kind of a thing to prepare them, you know, as they, they get, they keep more properties, right? Bank accounts, retirement accounts, life insurance policies, homes that you purchase, entities that you have, your favorite watch, your favorite little knickknack right that you here. want, you know. My pops you. gave me this bad boy. It's a good looking watch. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Little things like that that I shouldn't say. It's a nice watch. It's not little things. It's a great watch. Thank you. <laughs> All those can be wrapped up into the estate plan okay. at some point. And do you help with those little th- the, those things like uh, life insurance policies and all? Do you do that, or is that do you are you hoping that's already there and then you just wrap it up and? So everything we we don't do that currently. We help. We have a full team of attorneys that do all the estate planning. Okay. So the trust, the will, the living will, and the power of attorney, all of that is wrapped up. Those are just some examples of things that a lot of you probably already have in place mm-hmm. or eventually want to have in place that you can go in and you can change those. It's recommended to update your estate plan every three to five years. Um, but if you're a real estate investor, a lot of times every year makes sense depending on how much business you're doing right, right. and how many deals you end up end up purchasing. So once again, everyone's situation is different. If you have a major life change, or a huge financial swing, oftentimes it's worth it to get that updated. Cool. So you would rec- just for, again to recap, you recommend someone coming to you guys for estate planning at, at, it, anytime they own real estate. Is that right? Like, I think it's a good rule of thumb, especially when I, I know I'm speaking to a lot of real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Protect what you're working so hard for, right? And and here's, I think this is important. We should probably talk about the cost of the estate plan because it sounds like it could be extremely expensive. Yeah, it sounds like, an, like a big estate, you know, like a million dollars. I have, I have a uh, uncle in California that does a lot of estate planning. He's an estate plan attorney. He won't do one for less than $30,000. Oh, wow. So he's dealing with very high net worth individuals. He's always like, send people my way and let me do their estate plans. And I'm like, no way, you charge 30000 minimum. Yeah. So we do a lot of work around the estate plans and our head attorney said in the 19 years I've been doing this, I've never created the same estate plan twice. Wow. So usually we're about $3,000, but that way you can make the changes every year. Mm-hmm. It's the same things with attorneys. They're going to either charge you by the form or they're going to charge you by the hour. And, uh, attorneys aren't cheap. No, no, they're not. So is that $3,000 usually like yearly? Is that what it is? One time. One time, three thousand wow. dollars, and then every five years or so, you probably have to pay three, four hundred dollars if you're doing a total upkeep. But if you just need to make one little change, we just include that with that three thousand. That's not as much as I thought it would be. I figured that was the case. That's the case for most people, mm-hmm. and it's strictly just based off of volume. We're able to hire enough attorneys and enough paralegals, and help protect enough families across the nation with this estate planning product that it really is one of my favorites. It's, it's not the most necessary for everybody, Mm -hmm. but the reason I say, if you have real estate, it's worth protecting in most cases. Right? So a lot of times real estate is people's number one asset Mm -hmm. and I'm talking to a bunch of real estate investors. So it's, it's easy to put that, put that off, but keep that in mind. 
That's cool. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we've we've hit on everything pretty pretty good. You know, we could probably sure. go deeper, but uh, I feel like we got a good, uh, I guess, overview of the things that Prime Corporate Services offers and how it helps real estate investors to, uh, you know, excel, you know, to, to have the right person in their team, uh, in their corner on their team. Uh, is there anything else that, you know, you feel like we should uh, recap or talk about a little bit more in depth? Thank you for having me. I, I think yeah. this is great, and I hope, I hope that this gives you kind of an outline of some questions that you can ask. Mm-hmm. Everyone's situation is different, as I've said multiple times. Schedule a call. Speak yeah. with our team, and this should give you a good baseline for you to go in with some questions to ask. Yeah, and, and it's really cool because, you know, as I talk to different people in Investor Thrive that are in different spectrums of investing, where they are, beginners or experts, like sounds like Prime Corporate can insert themselves, you know, to help anyone in, mm-hmm. in any spot. So, you know, whether you're really experienced and you have multiple properties and you want some business credit, you could, you know, and you haven't been using it, you can get in there if you want additional entities. So um, that's exciting. It sounds like you guys offer some awesome products to, uh, you know, services to uh, real estate investors to help them out. Yep. So thanks for coming. And, um, you know, I think what would be cool is, you know, if, if we get additional questions and a lot of, you know, people want to know more about some, we can have you back and, and dive deeper into, you know, maybe specific S-corps or entities that people have questions about. Would that be cool? I would love it. Yeah, we're neighbors. Might as well. <laughs> Let's do it, man. That Thank first that first one, I didn't know it was a handshake or not, but hey, we, yeah. got, that, we got that pal right there. Well, thanks, thanks again, Tommy, and it was awesome having you. And uh, Investor Thrive Nation, we're out of here.